Well, we all know that you guys don't listen when I talk. Hey, I listen. Right, I just said I knew what you just were talking about. That's true. <laughs> Paul, what? <laughs> what episode are we on? Um, the next one. 169. Yes. Nice. I think that's right. We don't announce what's coming up next, right? No. Correct. This is Podflix, episode 169. This is Willie. This is Nish. (laughs) This is Paul. I just jumped the gun there, huh? Yep, I guess so. Kind of did. Here we are. You got a a question, Nish? No. (laughs) What makes you think that? (laughs) (laughs) Um, This week we watched the movie um, Rush. Would you say it's inspired by our, our new love for Formula One, Paul? Yep, I will admit that. Um, yes, I am. I am. I am really on the Formula One hype train lately. The last weekend, my wife and I watched. Do let me do a little math. Seven hours of Formula One over the weekend. Oh, is wow. that how long a Formula One race is? No, we watched three races and two sessions of quali. Um, I don't know what that means. Explain. Uh, so before the race, there is a qualifying session to see what place you're going to start, um, okay. and that's about an hour. And then the race itself is. Two the well the broadcast is two hours long the race is actually about one an hour and twenty minutes hour and thirty minutes hmm. um, and last weekend was the third race of the season so Portugal as we're, yeah. as we're recording this um, in Portugal so we caught up and watched all three races that weekend um, so wait did you watch the previous couple of weeks or you watched the qualifying and then blah 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 uh, we watched we didn't watch week one's quality but we watched the first race and then week two qualifying week two race week three qualifying week three race wow all right so i have a follow-up question for you in that um my only formula one experience is this movie rush and then watching three seasons now i'm caught up on formula one drive to survive yep so when you watch documentaries on sports right you only see the good shit what's it like watching it live and the commentary and is it just as exciting as it is when you're watching the the movies um, I think it is, it's extremely exciting. Like it is for me anyway, it is, it is something that you can't watch it passively, right? There's a lot going on and, and a lot, and something could happen at any moment. It's not like football or baseball or a sport like that, where there are built in breaks or downtime. Right. No and commercials on this shit. You just race. There are no commercials. No. Um, it's just flat out until the race is over. And, um, you know, be, because of the nature of racing, like it's, you don't just want to you want to you want the you want to see the journey you don't just want to see the result at the end like it would be very unsatisfying to come in at the last lap and just see them go around at the last lap right you the all the drama is in you know this guy's gonna pass when's this guy gonna pit like this guy you know you know his tires are bad like all this stuff so you got to pay attention the whole time so i find it you know very engaging that way and like personally like it it yeah it it grabs hold and like you know you're just kind of you're just kind of in it for the next two hours, um, and kind of watch it. Like it's, it would be it would be exhausting if the races were longer than they are. Not just for the drivers, but like for people watching it too. So, I'm glad they're like kind of you know a race is manageable, right? You could watch qualifying on Saturday for an hour, watch the race for two hours on Sunday, and you're done. Um, and that's like your week. That's like your week's commitment. And it's not like, what I like about it is that's it. That's the whole thing. Like there isn't. 10 games on Sunday that you kind of need to follow to know what's going on. Like the whole thing happens in one two hour chunk and it's um, over and that's the whole thing. Yeah. And, and 
And it's, there's only 20 people. I can I know who everybody is. I can follow them all. Like I don't get lost or anything. There's no trades during the season. Um, you know, there's no weird stuff like that. So it's all you can keep it all in your head, kind of a thing. And it's like I really like it. I who'd you root for? One uh, is there a team and what 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 racer? So we have decided. I think just it just worked out this way. Like we are Team McLaren. Um, which is Daniel Ricardo and Landon Norris, uh, and your house Ricardo. Yeah, we yeah we we became a fan of his from the Drive to Survive thing, but also like you know, there's this notion in Formula One of the best of the rest, right? There's like Red Bull and Mercedes, and used to be Ferrari, but Ferrari's been crappy this year. Um, that th- like the top of the board is not very interesting, right? Right, like the top three people on the podium in most races are the same three people. Like it's not right. super exciting. So you want to follow like the race for third or fourth. Um, this year it's the race for third is very exciting because mm-hmm. you have like five teams in there that are vying, kind of that you know that all have a chance at being in third place. So that's where the excitement is, and yeah, we just kind of naturally gravitated towards McLaren. Um, I'm I'm glad you're getting into it because um watching the movie watching that documentary and then watching rush i i just was struck by what a difference in and how far technology has come oh yeah like where we are today to what's in the movie and we will get into that but one thing i uh, before we dive into our review of rush um i want to mention to you guys uh, for the first time in well over a year uh, i went to the movies this week so weird yeah it does feel so weird so, so you, you, so what did you like, what, what was the experience like going to the movies? It was fucking weird. Um, buddy of mine called and said, called, what is this? 1987. He, he sent me a message on signal, not even via text message. Um, you can rent a whole movie theater in Manhattan for $200 and you can bring up to 10 friends. So he's like, I rented a theater. We can pick, you can pick whatever movie you want. You can bring a Blu-ray if you want. (laughs) That's so weird. That's so funny. (laughs) There's no like commitment to buy snacks or anything. So we, he invited like, we have this bubble of like five of us that all kind of work together. Only three of us can make it. So it was three of us in the theater all by ourselves. That's so weird. (laughs) We saw Mortal Kombat. Um, The thing, one, it's really I don't think I've ever been in a theater. There's been times where I'm like, oh, we're going to be the only ones here. And then as the preview show up, somebody else walks in. Right. This is de- definitely the first time we I've ever been in a theater where I had the the whole theater was just us. They did still play trailers, which I thought was <laughs> kind of cool. The other thing to note was like you got in and the seats were soaking wet. Like they clearly spray these suckers down. Oh, really? Between every showing. So if you go, a pro tip, if you're going to go to the theater. Wear a raincoat. Bring a towel. (laughs) (laughs) Something to sit on because my ass was soaking wet midway through Mortal Kombat. But the the other thing to note, um, and we'll do a mini flex on Mortal Kombat, I'm sure. it was really loud when you're in a theater that is meant to hold a hundred or two hundred people, and there's no but no other bodies to but like block the noise. Mm. It was like, whoa, this is really really loud. <laughs> I wonder if there are so few people in there. Could I wonder if you could be like, can you pause it? I have to go to the bathroom, and they could, they could just <laughs> stop the movie for a second. Like, who cares? 
I mean, going into the theater, and it's one of those theaters in Manhattan, so we have to go up two escalators. Yeah. I mean, we went up two escalators. We bought some popcorn. We walked in. I did not see another patron in the whole theater the whole time we were there. Yeah, they probably stagger the start times and stuff, right? So you don't run into anybody. I was going to ask if you were allowed to have snacks. I, I would assume it would have been no, but I guess you're Full in your own little bubble. concession stand was open, yeah. You yeah. can have whatever you want. Here's the question for you. I'll tell you what I did after you answer. Okay. <laughs> you get your bag of popcorn, your fucking peanuts, and your Sour Patch Kids or whatever. Mm-hmm. Do you just throw them on the ground when you're done eating them? If you're the only person in the theater? No. I, w- no. I don't think I would. <laughs> Not if I'm the... I would feel like... <laughs> I don't know. I feel yeah. like a scumbag doing yeah. that. I would, I would feel too self-conscious about it. Yeah, I dropped my popcorn bag on the floor and I just couldn't find it. I'm like, no, <laughs> I have to pick this up because it's just us and they're going to know it was me. Yeah, they, they literally sold one bag of popcorn that afternoon. They're going to yeah. know that motherfucker. Yeah, totally. Did you find it? I found Crawl, it. Crawling on the ground. <laughs> this is me uh, crawling on the ground, probably defeating the whole purpose. I was, was going to say, just what you want to do. Looking for this popcorn uh, I was, bag. I was going to say, it's probably the cleanest that floor's ever been, though. Probably. Probably. Anyway, wow. it was kind of neat. It was, it, was, it was a different experience, for sure. If you, could, if you could literally bring a movie with you to watch, like, I would do that for 200 bucks. Like, that sounds kind what of What would you awesome. pick? Ooh, what would I pick? I mean, the first movie that jumped in... You guys are going to laugh at me, but the first movie that jumped into my head was The Hunt for Red October. That's uh, why we laugh. Yeah. I don't know. Like, it's just... It feels like a it feels like a good atmospheric movie that I'd like to see on the big screen. And yeah, I really like that movie, so... I think it's fair to pick a movie that... Yeah, like that, that we all know, but like you've never seen on the big screen. Yeah, I mean like the easy answer is like is like Raiders of the Lost Ark, right? Which I, like, I, well, I, it's funny you mention that because that that that's a movie I actually got to see on the big screen uh, a long time ago when I lived uh, near the uh, American Film Institute theater. They were like doing like a Raiders of the Lost Ark thing one day, and I got to see it. Yeah. And I was like, "This is cool!" Like I'm finally, you know, this movie that came out when I was like one years old or whatever, or two, and like I finally yeah. get to see it. I would think you'd want to see like Jaws or right, um, like those e- kind- E.T. or something like that. Yeah, I don't really like ET. I have I, to say. Yeah, I I don't not like it, but it's it makes me uncomfortable. Is is what oh, I would no. say. Fuck all that. I would pick two thousand and one. That's the movie. Oh, I that's would a good one. Yeah. yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, seeing those shots on the big screen. That's yeah. That's, can that's, you imagine? That's a really good one to pick. Yeah, Paul, you live forty five minutes from the city. Pick a night. We'll go. We'll go. Perfect. Let's do it. You got your uh, you got your Blu Ray of two thousand one. I do have a Blu-ray of 2001. I figured you would. <laughs> yeah. I don't have a lot of Blu-rays, but I got that one. Yep. Okay. So this week, um, between going to the movies uh, and watching F1 2021 version of it, we watched uh, 2013's Rush. And really, aside from Chris Hemsworth and Daniel Bruhl, kind of co-starring Olivia Wilde and uh, Alexandra Maria Lara, aside from that, that's kind of the whole cast, yeah? More yeah. or less. Olivia, Olivia Wilde's in it for about five minutes, it turns out. Yeah, it's okay. she's a, yeah it, it's, it is really kind of a two-hander, this, this movie. <sighs> for what it's worth, I pay very close attention every time she's on screen. <laughs> Nish, um, 
You got a uh, 30 second synopsis on this movie? Not much of a synopsis to, to give here. This is basically a uh, the story of the rivalry between Formula One racers James Hunt and Nicky Lauda and specifically following the 1976 Formula One season, uh, which was a very uh, momentous season in terms of a lot of different things happening uh, to both of those racers um, and uh, ending up with um, Hunt winning the world championship by one point over Lauda, Lauda being the defending world champion from the previous year. So it's, it's really, it's really about their rivalry and about the two of them and kind of their different contrasting styles, I guess, as, as people and as racers. Yeah. The guy that played Nikki Lauda says in the beginning of the movie, I'm known for two things. One is my rivalry with hunt and the other I'm going to tell you about, I'm going to assume it's, he said the other is what happened on this day. And that is, you know, obviously the, the huge part of the the movie, which is that um, basically in in the I forget what what number race it was of the season, but it was a race in Germany. Uh, it's pretty is it, it was pretty early because there's yeah. a lot of season to go, and they're yeah, yeah probably they're at the like, Ring. yeah, like around like probably maybe like the sixth race somewhere like that, yeah, something something, something around there. Um, but he was involved in a horrific accident. Um, in which he was caught in his car for over a minute while it was on fire. Um, he suffered third degree burns to his face and inside his lungs. And it was basically thought that he wasn't going to survive his injuries. He was taken to the hospital and, and most people thought that he was going to die. And he doesn't. And he comes back, um, you know, with, within basically like a month and a half or something like that. Yeah, like 49 days later, he's oh, yeah, in the car yeah, and yeah, racing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. But that's, you know, that that's kind of, you know, probably the main thing that happens midway through the movie. Um Maybe even a little more than midway through. I mean, there's some. I want to clear the slate, and maybe this isn't spoiler alert, but like tip my hand early. Like I really like this movie, and I I am not sure if it's because I in general I like sports movies that are not shitty. Like it could be a mediocre movie about sports, and I will like it as long as it's not like totally totally shitty. And I'm curious. Do you guys like sports movies? I would like to know if you like sports movies as a whole. And then we'll get to whether you like this movie kind of later down the road after we've discussed it. I I like sports movies as a whole, but I wouldn't say that, like, I give any sports movie a pass. Like, there are plenty of sports movies that I don't like, and they're not even necessarily shitty. They're just, there are some things about certain sports movies that I just don't like quite as much like that that is not very uh um, no not helpful yeah, yeah not, not not helpful at all i and i don't know how to describe what i don't like because it's i was gonna say i don't like comedies but that's not true because like there are plenty of sports movies that are like straight comedies that i'm like fine with like bad news bears or something like that right, right. but like an, an example for whatever reason for me is any given sunday which i know a lot of people like and i'm not saying it's a bad movie but there's something about it I just don't like. Like, it, there's like this mix of like wanting to be a drama, but also having this like in your faceness that just isn't my kind of movie. Like, like if it was just a drama about like about basically like a team and like a coach and like a quarterback, a young quarterback and an old quarterback, like I could get with that. But it's like the part that makes it want to be like extreme the whole time as well is, is just like not my thing. And I feel like there are a fair number of sports movies that have that feel to them and that's the thing i don't like it's an oliver stone movie right it is yeah 
Uh, it kind of explains a lot of that it does. over the topness, right? Yeah, it does. That's that. That's also a good point. I think some of the uh, let me let Paul answer first, but yeah. uh, but I have kind of a feeling what you're getting at that I can wrap up into a tinier box. I would say, by and large, I don't like sports movies, um, and you know, I I I I find them often to be like formulaic, um, and, and 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 which is which is fine. Like, I have no problem with formulaic movies if I like the formula, um, but in this case, I kind of don't. And like the the like the one that I'm thinking of as like a good example of this is a movie like I don't know, like Remember the Titans or something, sure. um, where you know it's you know the underdog team, it doesn't like they're going to do well. They're pulling it together. And then it's coming down to the line. And then the coach has to give a big rousing speech and they just barely eke it out. And it's amazing. And don't you feel good? And life's awesome. And like, um, that's just not a movie that like, that's not a style of movie that does it for me. And I was thinking of like other sports movies that I've seen, um, like any given Sunday, like, like the natural, like, um, league of their own like like i've seen a fair amount of sports movies and like none of them i'm not i'm not like oh that was amazing i loved it um it's it's funny you mentioned remember the titans by the way as a little bit of a tangent but it's like i kind of like remember the titans but it has nothing to do with like the plot of the movie i don't even really care about denzel washington in that movie i just like the the actors who play all of the kids on the team like i feel like i like the guy who plays like what's his name jerry bertier and Avon Barksdale and uh, the what's what's his name? Uh, Ethan Suplee is like the like is, right, is like right. really yeah he's usually I, I like his character a lot in that movie actually. He's like Jack I, now is he really? Yeah, wow, he's jacked. He's totally ripped. Uh, I'm gonna have to Google him. <laughs> it's I I don't even know what that would look like exactly. But anyway, that's that's neither here nor there. I I totally understand what you mean about the formula of that movie in particular. I think there's something it's really easy in sports movies to get hammy to tell the Cinderella story, the improbable and the, and the over the top coaching moment, which probably didn't actually happen. Right. I didn't think this, I think this movie tried to walk up to that line a couple of times and very rapidly reversed. And that I, I think that's why I really like this movie. So I wanted to get your gut take as a, Paul, this is a good question for you since you're not generally a sports movie fan, but newly a Formula One fan. Um, do you think it kind of got overly hammy at any point? And how do you feel now that you're a, a, a new fan of Formula One? How do you think it handled the sport? And and then we'll get into the characters and because the, really the movie is about these two people and the rivalry, right? Yeah, I think I think that. So I'll also tip my hand a little bit on this, which I think is fine. Um, I didn't really like this movie, and the hmm. reason I didn't like it is fundamentally, like I don't know, like where Ron Howard is actually coming from, but the feeling that was conveyed to me was this is a movie that's that was made, and the, the people who made the movie said people like racing, but we don't know what they like about it. Um, so we'll kind of tell this other story and we'll put some racing in it and hopefully that will work. Um, and that was kind of the, the, the impression that I got, like I, I, and, and for that reason, you know, it, it kind of, it, it, it fell flat for me. Like I wanted, like the best part of the movie was like when they, like Nish, you you mentioned that the movie's about the 1976 season. Like it's not like a lot of the movie is not about that. No, you're right. But Yeah. And when they get to that, like I started getting interested, but they would show like 
five seconds of a race and then tell you the result and then show you like nothing of the next race and just tell you who won. Right. And I'm like, this is what the movie should be about. Like the movie should be about the races. Um, and they really, you know, they show a lot. Uh, um, you know, there's the accident at Nurburgring. They show a lot of that um, because that's like the crux of the movie. But I wanted, I, I like, I wanted more racing in this racing movie. Is what I ironic. wanted. Ironic. So I, I think this movie is about the two characters, and what I'm hearing from you is you think it's it's too act too too actor heavy and not enough action heavy. I, I don't know if action heavy is the right thing, but like these are people who were driven to who are driven to do something. Like like if you're a formula and driver, you are driven to do it. You have to be. And this movie kind of implies pretty heavily that these that these people were driven to beat each other. And that's kind of as far as they were willing to go. And like, um, you know, they, they like, they lean into that more as the movie goes on um, in a way that's just like, but these are also people who are like driven to race, to do this thing. Like they have one scene, uh, I'll give you like the the good example. There's like one scene of, um, of, of Hunt, like practicing a race. He's like on his back and he's saying like, you know, turn two, second gear, you know, half throttle, turn three, like ship, like he's doing that. Like, and he's saying it's like some weird, you know, exercise that they're having him do that he doesn't like, no, that's bullshit. Like every racer does that constantly. Like you, like to race at that level, like you, you have to do it. Like it's, it's not something like they made it, they played it off as he's like a, not actually a surfer dude, but he's like kind of a guy who like can drive really fast. and doesn't take it very seriously. And it's like, you know, unnaturally gifted at it. Um, and that's kind of his thing. And it's like, I, I wanted to understand the characters, not just as rivals to each other, but also as athletes and as racers. And that yeah. was the part of the story that was missing for me. And like, it felt like a big hole um, so in the movie. So it's possible that now that you're like kind of into the sport a little bit, see my baseline, this is, I'm not, I'm, I'm starting to like learn about it. My baseline assumption was like back in the seventies, they were probably not as look any sport. You look at baseball players in the seventies, like there's a guy, Doc Ellis, that pitched a no hitter on LSD. I don't think they trained the way in the seventies like they do today. So I'd love they your didn't. take they on didn't. Niche, they didn't. Right? They did. I mean, in baseball, they didn't do weight training for like a number of years. Like it was, it was kind of a weird thing if you were a person who like lifted weights or did anything in the off season. Which is like, which is also partially because people didn't get paid that much, so it's like a lot know, of them had jobs. Yeah, they would yeah. go stock shelves and shit. Right, right. right? But anyway, so. base, base, baseball is different. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I get what you're saying, Paul. Definitely, but like, I think it is possible from the little I know that James Hunt was actually a guy who wouldn't have done that shit because I like the way they paint him. From everything I read about him, the way that I, they paint him in the movie is actually like fairly true there's some liberties they take which we can get to a little later but like but like he did very much like live a pretty hard charging life and spend not necessarily a whole lot of time training like that that thing at the end where 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 they talk a little bit after he's won and like and loudest kind of like 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 where yeah yeah basically like he kind of said like i think like after they talk like like Nikki, I don't remember if he says this, but Nikki Lauda kind of in voiceover more or less says something kind of like, yeah, like he never really like tried it again because he didn't have anything. To, like once he'd become right. world champion, he, he didn't have anything to prove to anybody anymore. So he like kind of didn't care uh, anymore. Yeah, but it, but I guess the thing of it is, it's like no, no F1 driver gets on a track and is like, I'll figure it out in the middle of the race. Well, like, that's fair. Yeah. You know, um, 
and 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 they they and the thing that makes me think like they don't understand like they they didn't understand what drives racers and shied away from it is they have this whole scene with Nikki Lauder showing up at Ferrari and like having them set up the car and it's like have you done this do this like and they're like in the mechanic like this montage of them working on the car and improving the car and um you know and and it's and it seems like like they're getting into it and there's that aspect of it and then that's it like there's nothing about him like doing that like driving the car like 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 being driven um at the at that same level to actually be a good driver it's like they made him seem like a really good mechanic um and it's like they didn't know what to do with the actual racing part of it mm. and they just kind of glossed over it and just said yeah he's a, and, and and suffice it to say he's also a good racer we're not going to show you any of that stuff i guess and like in my mind it's like that's also really more interesting like a guy driving around a race car is more interesting than a montage of six guys like taking apart an engine um and and getting yelled at a lot so i that that is what made me feel like they just didn't know what to do with the racing part and kind of glossed huh. over it a bit i feel like they got across and at least what 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 landed for me was that like nikki lauda was not necessarily the most gifted driver but he was amazing at knowing a car and how to assemble a great race car and great team where hunt was quite the opposite but this he was a really good driver was, that's the thing like right right it's saying he was kind of a schmo but if you put him behind the wheel of a no, no. fucking rocket ship he could he could make it happen but but nikki lauda was also a really good race car driver they just oh, they yeah. just didn't touch on any of that in the movie right, right? no, like, no that, that that's true i mean i mean to the point like you know he lauda won in 1975 and then he won two more times. He won in 1979 and 1984, which is a pretty big spread too. Yeah. Um. So so he was a three time champion. Um. Yeah. I I fall in between you guys. I think now that I'm listening to it, this didn't bother me during the movie by any means. Um. But I do feel like I guess the way I feel about racing and like about showing the racing is that, and maybe this is again a uh, a failing of of the director and and of you know the the screenwriter paul but like i think they worried that if they showed too much racing it would start like losing like like it would start blending all together it would kind of be like yeah another like turning a corner and maybe almost crashing <laughs> and another guy passing and like like it would it would it would start like and and they might, that might not be true like that might not be giving the audience enough respect but i think right. that's I mean, they- what they thought I mean, they do build whole movies around car chases. Like cars chasing each other is an inherently exciting thing. That is true. That is true. They'll construct crazy scenarios. But but it's it's different, though, man. Because like in Formula One, it's not like one passes the other, then they pass back and forth twenty times. You wait fifty laps for that one moment that they pass. Now that said, other movies have done this very well, race to race, if you will. And I know you guys don't like the movie, but like they showed every fucking horse race Seabiscuit was in. Right, and there was drama in every single race. There is a way to do that. Yeah, to your point, sure. Yeah, yeah. It, can, it certainly can be done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that, that that is that is true, and and I do think that one thing they didn't show well that they should have showed is exactly what you were saying, Paul. I, I like I think you kind of got across the same thing that I was thinking of earlier, which is just that they never really showed. Like, like you said, they never really showed Nikki Lauda being a great racer, but like in doing that, I feel like they also never really showed like what he got out of racing. Do you, you know what right. I mean? Like they, they told some of that, like they talked about, I was like, you know, like in the beginning when he's talking to his 
grandfather. I, I can't remember if it's his father or his grandfather or whatever. But he says, like, what if this is the only thing I'm good at? And, like, you know, c- kind of gets across that it's like, well, this is. And, and he says it later on, I think, right? Like, uh, maybe to James Hunt, where he says something like, or, like, you know, if I could do. Like if I could do something like if I could do something better and make more money, I would absolutely do it. Like like this is like I'm doing this because this is the best thing that I can. This is the thing that I'm best at that I can make a lot of money doing. Basically, it's like it, he I don't know if that's true. Like and, and, and something tells me that like that's not exactly true. Like that's something he tells himself and it's probably true to an extent. But like he, you have to have some affinity for like the actual sport, you know, like you have to like. Like that can't honestly be something where you're just like, ugh, man, I hate driving this Formula One car all the time. <laughs> like, like it sucks that I'm so good at it. <laughs> Got to go to work and sit in traffic. <laughs> right. <laughs> the the commute's a bitch. <laughs> yeah, but 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 I do think that they managed to show even in that first scene where they're both racing in Formula Three, they 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 managed to show a fair amount of what made James Hunt tick as far as being uh, like liking to drive. But I don't think they really got to the same thing with with Lauda. And that's that's a shame because I feel like I felt this way. So so I'm the one person who watched who had seen this movie before. I saw it way back in, I don't know, probably when it first came out on Netflix, which would have been probably sometime in 2014, maybe 2015, somewhere around there. So I hadn't seen it since then. And it was interesting because at the time I saw it, like, didn't know Daniel Brühl. I think this is the first thing I really saw him in. Um, And knew Chris Hemsworth like Thor had come out but like in we hadn't seen him a whole lot like you know I, I feel like I, I know him a lot more now and so it was interesting to watch it that way um when I watched it the first time I feel like this movie was all about Daniel Brühl for me and I still feel feel that way I think he's really terrific in this movie and 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 you know to the extent I like the movie and since you guys have spoiled I'll spoil too I I I like this movie I'm not sure if I like it as much as Willie or not but I, I come on the like side more than the don't like side uh, for this one. But um, but I feel like he's the major part of it for me. I, I just feel like he's fairly, for, for me anyway, like he was fairly like hard to like keep my eyes off whenever he was on screen. He's divisive, right? It's ones and zeros for him. You're this or you're that. Yes. And, it, and it's I think it's very compelling to see such a major asshole but also agree with him all the time yes and also it's it's it is even though it's formulaic it it still was compelling to me and i think that's a measure of like his performance that in the end like as much as he's about ones and zeros and all that he really does like he talks like after he gets married to i can't remember what her name is in the movie is it yeah whatever 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 her name is his wife um, is it Marina or something? Marlene. Like that? Marlene. Marlene. Yeah, yeah. Okay, there we yeah. go. Yeah. So after he gets married to Marlene, like on their honeymoon, right? He has that little thing where he's staring at the window and he talks about how like happiness is the enemy and like now you know you, you don't want to have something that you feel like you can you know don't want to have something to lose. And in the end, that's exactly what quote unquote does him in. You know, he of he course. basically this was like yeah. the most massive foreshadow in the history right. of foreshadowing. It was, but it was still nice. I I still kind of liked it, even though like you see it coming a mile away. Just because I feel like it is, it's a pretty compelling like change around for that character in particular, um, and and one that like you kind of hoped would happen a little bit because it's like you don't want to go through life being just a ones and zeros guy, <laughs> like like that's that does not lead to a happy life. Let's um, 
Let's talk about Chris Hemsworth for a moment in that, um, uh, you know, drawing a parallel to uh, Paul's, you know, things he likes about certain sports movies. It's like a good Counting Crows album. I know that formula. I like that formula. Such <laughs> <laughs> me. Oh, whatever. Mr. Jones, Long December. They're all the fucking same. Sure. Um, <laughs> That's how I feel about Chris Hemsworth. I like him. He's handsome. He's charismatic. He's funny. I enjoyed him in this movie. I'm going to guess that we are all exactly how we feel about the movie in the same, with the same type of rating about Chris Hemsworth. There was a, there was a line in the movie. It's, it's when he uh, goes to New York to see Olivia Wilde and they have that thing. And then he comes out and the, um, the reporters are asking him about what happened. And he gives this very sort of acerbic kind of like, well, you know, he's like, uh, my wife's find herself a new patron and Mr. Burton's on, you know, and, and I didn't have to pay anything for it. And it's like kind of this, like, I'm, I'm like, like a sad clown kind of thing where he's like, oh, I'm making a joke of it, but I'm pretty torn up inside. And it had yeah. such major energy to me of like the part in Avengers Infinity War when Thor and Rocket are talking and he's talking about how he's like, yeah, he's like, you know, my, my brother's dead. And he's like, I think it's for real this time. And it's like my, my mom's dead too. And he's like, but you know, he's like that. Tragedy makes you stronger, right? And he's like, 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 <laughs> it felt so much like that, and and it was like, ah, like I, I know that, like, that, that, like, that's like a Chris Hemsworth like trademark to me now in my head, like that, that I, feel. I, I had to laugh when you mentioned him, Willie, because there was a moment where I'm watching the movie and and my wife made a comment, and I was like, yeah, and, and Chris Hemsworth, he's like, he's not even doing an accent, like he's doing his voice. I was like. No wait, that's his Thor voice. He's right. just doing Thor. Like he yeah. is doing an accent. It's just the one I always hear him right, talk. Right, just the same accent. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm saying it's he. Chris Hemsworth is a Counting Crow song. I mean, listen, you're you're right. Like he's 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 like full of charisma. Like I mean, he's every like he is Chris Hemsworth. Like he's you know full of charisma and interesting and he's perfectly cast in my opinion. Yeah, no, yeah. I think I, th- I I think he's cast very well as as this guy as James Hunt. The one the one thing I would say is I I looked up James Hunt afterwards and it's pretty hard to have Chris Hemsworth play you because the, I'm sorry Chris Hemsworth is like an eleven and that dude is not no I mean that guy seemed relatively good looking from what I saw but you know not Chris He's Hemsworth not fucking Thor right yeah. right exactly <laughs> I, I I know exactly what you mean and then uh, and then conversely. Daniel Daniel Brühl makes a pretty good uh, Nicky Lauda, I would say. Like, there's definitely that that rat field to to his uh, his looks. He, they show him, they, they they show yeah. the real people at the end when they're uh, when when he's kind of giving the final voiceover. Yeah, I mean, he carried the movie. To me, he's the star of the movie. Uh, Paul is someone that didn't like this movie very much. What did you think of Daniel Brühl as a whole, though? Um, I really liked him. I thought he I thought he did like a really good job. I th- I thought he. You know, he he is a different kind of actor than Chris Hemsworth insofar right. as like he, he's the kind who like you, he loses himself in the character in a way like Chris Hemsworth like is more <laughs> leading manish and in, in, insofar as like you always get him. Um, but but I I I yeah I did I really liked him like he was you know um, the, the best part of the movie for me and um, you know it, it I think of my favorite scene in the movie which is like when his his partner doesn't like let him into the party and he 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 meets his wife whose name i've 
just forgotten because you mentioned it two minutes ago. Marlene. Marlene. Um, Marlene. And, and they break down and the guys stop and she thinks it's because of her and it's because they recognize Nikki Lauda and, they, and they're driving and, and the, they're, they're both like fanboying out hard in the back seat. I love that scene. Yeah, it's, and, a, it's and a great scene. And she entices him to drive fast and like that whole thing where he's like racing along the countryside in that car, like shitty old Volvo or whatever it was. That that scene is the best scene in the movie. What we were talking about before, like that's the closest you get to really seeing like this is something he likes to do. Like like that that had a feeling of joy to it when when he when he like just kicks in when she tells him like because I want like because I'm asking you to like drive fast. That scene so much reminded me of your shitty old blue Volvo. (laughs) <laughs> you, mean, you mean my sob was it a sob yeah 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 it was a sob you and jeff had the same car his was yeah. tan yours was yeah. blue like yeah. that that slow clunker i could so imagine you picking up a race car driver and be like can you race this thing and it goes like 12 miles an hour <laughs> yeah i i love that he's like tearing down like he's tearing down the street and the, and the the two guys in the back are just losing their minds like they love it so much um yeah, it's 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 such a good scene. I love that. I love that part of the movie. This is a total segue. Is total sidebar. Nish, do you know anything about Paul Saab and an egg salad sandwich? No, I don't think I've heard this story. <laughs> One time, Paul was following really close behind me. I'm driving up. A normal road. distance behind you. He's getting on my ass. He's fucking with me. And I look to my right, and there's an egg salad sandwich in the car. <laughs> So I take the top off and I just huck it out the window in the air and it goes splat right out in the middle of his windshield. <laughs> to which he puts his windshield wipers on and it rubs eggs <laughs> the windshield. It was really funny. Oh, God. Uh, that car smelled like egg salad until I got rid of it after that. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> um. Is there anything you want, you guys want to pick apart in this movie? I feel like there's probably um, just a couple more things for me, which would be um, around the racing scenes, the cinematography. I thought they were excellent. I would love Paul's take. I think what I thought was excellent was not that they were drama filled, but um, I just watched fucking 30 hours of documentary on new race cars and seeing some of the old tech, old tech, manual tech, whatever you would call it back then. I was like, oh, this is cool. There's stick shifts, not paddle shifters and that kind of stuff. Like this was when race cars were race cars. Yeah, I mean, it, it was wild, like seeing those seeing those cars and seeing like how much those cars really were death traps um, yeah. at the time. Like um, that was something you know, they mentioned that that maybe kind of blew over most people's head in the beginning. They say like there are 25 drivers and every year two die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like that's changed a lot since then. Yeah, it's funny because um, there was a very serious crash last year and there was a driver like his car ripped in half and the car and the car caught fire and the driver was in the burning car for um you know something like a minute and 45 seconds and was was able to climb out and like he burned his hands pretty badly um and um ultimately retired from racing but like was fine was otherwise fine because he had like a high-tech car he was wearing like high-tech clothes like these guys had like dead. turtlenecks and stuff. Yeah, and he like, should have seen that 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 video. I was like, how the fuck did that guy get out of that alive? Yeah, I don't know. So so it, to see what the tech was like back then w- was wild. And just seeing like the thing that stuck out to me was, you know, they had these cars and the cars were really small then. And they had these cars that would go really fast. And 
they have these very aerodynamic cars and you put the driver in and their head is just sticking out of all sides. Like, you know, if that car flips, it's, it's, um, taking your head off. Yeah. Yeah. And like, even forget about the safety aspect for a minute, which you shouldn't, but like putting, putting that aside, it looked very unaerodynamic. It's like, we have this very sleek car and now we're going to put this guy in with this big helmet on that's going to stick out around all things. It's like, if you just built the car up a little bit more, it seems like that would make the car even go faster. But yeah, it, it, it does do a good job um, uh, delivering the notion of how dangerous the sport was um, and, and how crazy it was to drive these cars like that. Um, I thought, I thought the, the, the race stuff was, honestly, I thought it was a little bit boring because it was a lot of like shots of like, here's like the screen is like 90% bumper and you can kind of get the sense that it's going fast, you know, kind of a thing. Mm. Um, but I did like in the big rain, like they had, they had some POV shots of, of the racers and like how wet it was. And they're just like, and like that stuff I thought I did, I did think was, um, was really cool. Yeah. That was, that was really well done actually, just to show how fucking scary that seemed. I do, I do think you got a feel for like how dangerous it was in that in that raining scene. Yeah. Something that that jumped out to me only because I had heard his name was um, a couple times they kind of just like mentioned Mario Andretti. I know, in right? Passing. I had yeah. no idea he was an F one driver. I thought he only I like I thought he was just IndyCar because like he was someone like I everybody knew Mario Andretti growing up. He was like synonymous with like fast driving. I just never knew he was an F one. Yeah, apparently the most successful American F1 driver there's ever been. Yeah, I mean, that doesn't really surprise me. It's also a pretty low bar for yeah, American yeah, exactly. F1 drivers. Yeah, yeah, there were a couple of people. Like, Mary Andretti was the main one, but early on they mentioned uh, Emerson Fittipaldi, too, and he's another person. It's like, I know that name. Like, I don't exactly yep. know how, but I definitely know that name. Yeah, the, the crazy thing is, like... In this race, like they talk about, like you know, someone else dies early in the season, so and they they clean that stuff up. Like actually, the deaths that year were way more horrific than they showed on screen. But I was surprised, even given that, how much gratuitous I don't know gore there is in this movie. Um, like I was for like a Ron Howard movie, I was not expecting that. Like that guy gets that crash and you see his bone, yeah, like yeah, in his leg, open and fracture, yeah, and then you and know Jesus. And watching the vacuuming lung scene was like, oh boy, that yeah. was hard to watch. Yeah, it was. That was very hard to watch. The vacuuming lung scene was pretty brutal. And you know, even why just, the even just changing the bandages. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. It's like, why wouldn't they just put him out for this? Yeah. yeah, it was. It was. It was wild. Like I was. I was not expecting that from this kind. I wasn't expecting it to be like that from from this movie. Totally. Yeah, that was brutal. It was brutal. Anything I didn't touch on here. Um, we could probably talk cinematography, but I feel like that's kind of encompassed in the um, in the racing scenes for what it's worth. Yeah. Okay. Uh, not really. I mean, the only other thing that the, the one thing that kind of threw me, and I'm curious if it threw you guys too, is the movie starts in 1976, and then they immediately flash back six years right. to to F3, and then they jump forward an unknown amount of time. Yeah. And then they kind of keep doing that, and I'm like, I have no idea what's going on. Like, like. You know they're in F three, then they're in F one, and then he meets that girl. Then he gets married, and then like, and then uh, like Hunt gets married, and then Louder gets married, and then those like, I, I, and then all of a sudden like we're in nineteen seventy six, and it's like everything else that happened. I know what happened between nineteen seventy and nineteen seventy six. I have no idea when. Like I have no concepts of time for that period. Right. Hmm. 
Yeah, no, I, 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 I know exactly what you mean. I, um, after the movie, I, like, was looking up some of, like, the, like, Wikipedia page of, like, Lauda and Hunt and, like, and the 1976 season and stuff like that just to get some idea. Like, like, I was able to figure out that, like, you know, I, I think Nicky Lauda, like, right, he, they start out, I don't think they say what team. But he ends up getting signed by whatever team that is, the, the team where he changes the car and all that kind That's of stuff. That's Ferrari, yeah. No, no, no. This is before Ferrari. Oh, Because oh, remember, yeah, like, yeah. He, he starts on that team with, yeah, with his yeah. partner, with, uh, what's his name, Clay, he, like, sp- Clay, he, Clay, like, Clay Regazzoni or whatever. And then takes a loan and sponsors it. And right, shit. exactly. Right, right. And then they both move to Ferrari. Is, yeah, right? you're right. You're yeah. Right. So that was 1974 that he was with that, whatever that first team was. And then they both moved in 1975, which is the year that he won the, the, uh, the championship so so at least that part i was able to figure out but yeah, i i agree with you it very much like i i wonder if that was intentional because i didn't look to see when those marriages took place but they might have kind of been out of order and maybe they were just trying to kind of sort of you know not kind of kind of make it all sort of happening in some general time just fix it in post it's fine yeah exactly <laughs> the main thing that i read about that was different um, there, there were there were some things that were different in terms of like who finished in what place in certain races and mm. stuff like that. Um, but the main thing that was that that I saw that was hugely different and makes the movie very, very different is that Hunt and Lauda didn't hate each other. They were actually kind of good friends. They like shared an apartment early in their career. Right. Yeah. yeah, they were. They, they, yeah, they were not these rivals. Yeah. That yeah. The I mean, they were up. rivals in as much as like they were one and two for like the, for right. the you know, that kind of thing. But it wasn't this like they kind of hate each other's guts kind of thing. Yeah. I understand why they did that. It, you know, makes for more, you know, more, uh, conflict in the movie, but, um, and, and I, and I like the way that both actors played that in the end, but it's not, not really the way that the real story goes. Hmm. I wish I didn't know that. Yeah. But so be it. So Nikki, Nikki Lauda actually just, uh, passed away, uh, about two years ago. In fact, I remembered yeah. hearing about it and being like, oh, man, because I'd seen this movie, so I knew who he was. He, he's actually in a couple of the F1 Drive to Survive um, episodes because oh, cool. he's a advisor to one of the teams. Oh, nice. Mercedes, right? Uh, yeah, to Mercedes. Um, they, they give him a lot of credit for turning Mercedes' like team and culture around. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, so, yeah, um, which was, you know, which was good to say, so. Oh, which was funny because when we picked this movie, I, um, like I didn't know too very much about it. And then I watched uh, Drive to Survive and they talk about like what happened. Right. Um, and I was like, oh, that's what this movie is going to be about. <laughs> and like, sure enough. <laughs> that's awesome. That's cool. Yeah. So you're all done with Drive to Survive then. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Cool. Uh, let's put some let's put some grades on this. Let, let's start with, um, you know. We'll start with negative Nancy and work our way to positive Polly. That doesn't really work. <laughs> uh, damn it. <laughs> um, all right. So ultimately, like, listen, I'm not going to be like, I'm not going to be like, if you're an F1 fan, you're not going to like this movie. I've been, I've, I've liked Formula One for all of three weeks. Like, I'm not going to pretend I'm like some <laughs> like died in the wool expert in the thing. And I know there are F1 people who like this movie. So that's not necessarily a thing. But for me, um, uh, maybe my expectations were off as, as for what I was going to get um, in this movie, um, but it, it in that way, like it didn't it didn't really 
click for me um, for all the reasons I mentioned earlier. Um, and I won't rehash them. So I'll just say, ultimately, you know, this movie for me is, you know, a two out of five. And um, I think my wife summed it up well when we finished the movie. She's like, okay, can we watch like some real and good racing now <laughs> that, we, uh, that we had to sit through that movie? Um, I said, yes, and we did. Wow, even Linda didn't like it. No, she's like, she's like, I... She said, "If you if we weren't watching this for the show, I would have asked you to turn it off a while ago." Wow. What do you think, Nish? Um. Well, I liked it. Um. I, you know, I'm 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 the least race, uh, heavy person of the of the three of us in terms of like I I know my my knowledge of Formula One is basically this movie and another documentary that I've seen, um, that I both saw around the same time, uh, which was a long time ago, um. So not coming from it at it from like a racing point of view in any way, shape or form. Um, I, I like it a fair amount um, while acknowledging that I think there are things that Paul, you brought up that I think are, are very valid in terms of things that it should have concentrated on more or done a little better. Um, but I still think like, I, I think the acting is really good uh, in this with, with the two main characters. I think they're both really well cast and since the movie is mostly those two actors and it's very actorly, like, like you said, uh, Willie, like I, you know, I, I, that carries it for me. So I, um, I'm going to go on the high end for, for me on this and give it a three and a half. I'm a half a crack above you. I'm at a four out of five. I think in general, I like sports movies, but I also acknowledge that it's, almost impossible to build tension in a sports movie because it, like the tension in real sports is fucking real. Yeah. Right. And there's a, we- I, there's a weird thing in my brain personally. Like I can't, I, in a way that like sports movies are not going to really deliver a lot of suspense for me. Like I can't even watch like, like record a Yankee game and watch it the next day. There's no suspense for me in that either because I know it's already happened and it's not, it's like, I could just go look up the score later. So this is a thing that's already happened and it's a movie version. So to me, it's really about the characters, the actors, the interplay, and then learning. We're just like seeing cool things about a sport that I'm starting to newly discover. And I just really enjoyed it. Like as rehashing the basics, like I like Chris Hemsworth. I kind of like him in everything. We watched another movie with him in it, right? Uh, probably. I don't know. <laughs> there was one there who was like a like a military guy. Oh, we no, didn't did watch, watch that. Oh, I watched it on my own. Yeah, like I just like him, and I really liked um, what's his name that played Nicky Lauda. Danny, I thought he Danny carried. I, yeah. yeah, I thought he carried the movie. So um, it's a four out of five. I thought it was really enjoyable. Yeah, it's not gonna like fucking rock your world and change your view on movies or F one, but you don't have to be an F one fan to enjoy this movie, and if you happen to be. Maybe not a hardcore, but marginal enough fan or a hardcore fan that can suspend their, you know, ideals on like what a good sports like that sports movies have to have some crazy suspense. I think you'll enjoy it. I do have one question, which I don't think we touched on. And I'm just curious if that has any impact on our feelings on the movie, which is, did you guys know the story before you saw the movie? No, nope. um, no. That's interesting because I did like I knew like. Like, yeah. all right, this is going to be about the crash and his return and like all that. Like, I, and, and I was aware of all that stuff. And I wonder if that um, 
you know, colors my feelings on the movie at all, like knowing what was going what was going to happen. Possibly, maybe the one little bit of tension you could feel was wasted on you. Yeah, it's yeah, possible. It's de- definitely possible. I um two things. Um I'll start with the one related to this movie first. Um which is that uh Daniel Bruhl was nominated for Best Supporting Actor uh, at the Golden Globes for this movie. Um, was not nominated for an Oscar, and I was lo- I was interested. I-, I looked at who was nominated for Best Supporting Actor, and it was kind of a stacked year. It was it's it's. I mean, he's really good, but the the people who were nominated that year, I mean, you know, were it was Jared Leto was one for Dallas Buyers Club, which. I don't love that, but yeah. he was he was always going to be nominated for that. So, you know, can't really go against that. Barkad Abdi uh, for Captain Phillips. Uh, Bradley Cooper for American Hustle. Michael Fassbender for 12 Years a Slave. And Jonah Hill for The Wolf of Wall Street, which are, Wolf you know. Wolf of Wall Street's that old, huh? Yeah, yeah. 20, 2013 movie. Yeah, that's weird, right? This is eight years now since mm. Wolf of Wall Street came out. But anyway, that was one thing. The other thing that I was going to say is that I looked up Ethan Suplee and Jesus. <laughs> yeah, he's a fucking train now. Holy crap. He really is. I, I I don't mean this in any kind of like he seems like he's probably happy. He's healthier. I mean, because a lot of this started from the little bit I read for, is that he wanted to obviously get healthier. And then as he dieted and lost weight, he also, you know, kind of bulked up and did a lot of you know exercises and stuff like that but um feels like he can't really gotta gotta negatively affect his acting career probably right like he doesn't maybe i mean maybe he just is in the next fast and furious movie yeah maybe but like he i i feel like he kind of just looks like any other guy like like you could get anybody to play like a role that he's gonna play now whereas like before it was like well who else are you gonna get to play this role it's nobody else looks like him is he, is he still acting? I don't know. He might he he might not be. But I was I was just curious looking at it. It, it like it reminded me of when like Jennifer Grey got a nose job and then she like didn't get any work after that where it was like, yeah, like I get why you wanted to do this. Well, I mean, and and I'm not saying Ethan Suplee, you know, if either he's still getting acting work or he was like, fuck it, like I want to be healthy and more power to him. I think that's great. But like it it feels like a thing where it's like, well, like it doesn't feel like you're going to get the same kind of acting roles if yeah, you still he, want to act he does kind of look like he does kind of have that hydra agent number three in a captain america movie right. look to him right exactly do you remember that show the santa clarita diet i think it was a netflix show about the cannibals yeah it's uh, uh drew so, barrymore and tim oliphant right yeah so he had a recurring part in that it seems like he's done a lot of i'm looking at his imdb was, was a that, lot a lot of tv was that like post transformation like he, he, uh, which was 2019. So maybe, so uh, probably, I think likely, yeah, I don't know. But he's got the, he's a couple other shows. No, it looks like that the, the article I'm reading right now, which is from whatever fucking fitness vault, whatever that is, um, <laughs> says is from this year. It's January 13th, 2021. And it mentions that over the last year, he hmm. has lost over 300 pounds. For oh, what it's worth, not many people have acted this year. Right. Ex- so that ex- was just a pandemic thing of him Seems, getting jacked? Sounds like it, yeah. Man, now I really feel like an underachiever <laughs> for the pandemic. <laughs> I mean, he's no Eric Roberts. That's true. Well, Very few are. Exactly. 
Exactly. Did you guys see that link I sent you that he's been in, he was in 35 movies in 2020? Yeah, I've, I've known this for a while. Not that he was it's in 35. Obscene. Yeah, but like I've seen like articles about like how he just like racks up these credits in all these movies that no one will ever see, like all these direct to video things and like crazy. Like he has an insane number of credits. Like if you go back through years before that, like just huge number of credits for like 2019, 2018, 27, like going back a number of years. I can't even think of like the last like I'm sure he's been in something else since then. But like the last actual movie I can remember him being in is like The Dark Knight. Like like was, uh, like was he I in something after it. that? Oh, Ooh, yeah. He was, I forgot he was in The Dark Knight. Yeah, I, I would just Lord. think of him from fucking Maroni. best of the best. <laughs> think, think back to his glory days. <laughs> wasn't, he, wasn't he on Heroes for a while? Oh, maybe he was. That was I a good he, show for a minute. I think he was for a little bit. And also he was he played um he played the bad guy in the Doctor Who movie like way back when, which is what I always think of him from. How way back when was that? Uh that would have been in the eighties. Oh yeah, yeah. So oh. the old Doctor Who. Yeah, movie. yeah. Got it, got it. Yeah. Not like not like when they re- restarted it. Not oh, new who, my, yeah. God, I can't. Well, I, I can't even count how many are in post production or complete in twenty twenty one. There's gotta uh, be there's got to be 40 His, uh, that he's filming or post-production or pre-production. There's a fucking lot this year. His his Wikipedia page says, since the 1970s, he is one of few actors in history to have more than 600 credits. Uh, good for him, man. Yeah. That'll work. 600. Jesus. <laughs> I wonder if he, like, like, pandemic, he just pre-taped, like, generic bad guy and like they use that same footage in like eight different movies you know right <laughs> he's uh he's in one of those uh yeah he's he's in one of the movies that like always gets like put out there as like one of like the worst movies uh being the movie a talking cat like he's Jesus. i think he's the, that's the name of the movie yes yeah, a talking cat like question mark exclamation point that's the name of the movie um, it's one of these movies that's like been featured on like I don't know if it's been on like MST3K like the new version or anything, but it's been on like stuff like the Flop House or like you know like bad movie podcasts like things like that. Um, and he's I believe the voice of the talking cat. <laughs> so the answer is yes, a talking cat. Yes, exactly. You really got to scroll to get back there because he's in so many movies. Mm-hmm. But I'm tr- trying to see. It looks like around. I'm trying to figure out what year it ran. Looks like around 2009 is, is and 2010. He's probably got 10 or 11 movies. 2012 and 13. Those are the years it took off where he went from like five or 10 movies to like 30 movies. It's crazy. <laughs> the amount this guy works. It is. All right. All right. Um, you can send us emails, right? Nish, anything in the mailbag? Uh, let me look. Let me look. Mailbag, mailbag. Um, nope. Just some lint. <laughs> uh, Paul, um, you got any tweets or anything? Uh, let's just take to, a look. To at... tra- nope. Did I trail off? Just some, just some lint. <laughs> yeah, yeah, at lint. Yeah, tweeted us. <laughs> yeah. I shouldn't say that. There probably isn't at Lynn. I was going to say, if there isn't, we should grab that. 
I hope it's I hope it's a it's a no, I just, are you, are you checking? Off. Are you checking yep. for Atlint? There is an Atlint. What uh, on earth does Atlint tweet? So Atlint tweeted exactly three times. Um, and the last tweet was 550 days ago. Were they Lint related or is this just someone who like thought that Lint would be a funny? Uh... No, this is just some random person. Yeah, that's too bad. I wanted yeah. it to be like someone pretending to be the personification of Lint. No, it's somebody. Um, it's somebody hate tweeting at PewDiePie. So <laughs> there you go. Who the fuck is PewDiePie? Right. Uh, PewDiePie is an infamous YouTuber who like was the biggest thing on YouTube for a while. Yeah, and then surprise, he's... surprise, has a lot of problematic views. Right. Whoops. He's he's still probably the most popular, like single YouTuber. Like, like yeah, in terms of his in works. terms of his channel and like how many like subscribers he has and everything. Like he was he was the most subscribed like channel on YouTube for a long time. But yeah. Yeah, PewDiePie. <sighs> oh boy. <laughs>